Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us here on WYSL, WACK out in Newark, and all of our friends listening online, Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, the Kevin Wilson pages, or the podcast, wherever you listen today. Thank you so much for joining us. And today, I'm lucky enough to have my friend, Sahar, back on the show, who's been on before. Some of you may have remembered listening to him, oh, was it like a year ago last year? You're on. So yeah. Sahar, who is now the uh, the the co-founder and executive director of the Integrity Institute, is here to talk to us today about social media. And you know, I, I kind of titled this, you know, how do we how do we make social media better? How do we make it more ethical? Are there ways to do that? Is it possible to make social media less of a dumpster fire? Um, <laughs> I know I'm I'm, yes. I'm putting it provocative. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Okay. All right. Problem solved. Cool. Yeah. So done then, right? That's yeah. Let's talk about uh, Battlestar Galactica. In our remaining, I don't know, hour we have. You know, don't tempt me with a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, no, no. Let, let, let's talk about this first of all. Let's tell tell me uh, our audience a little bit more about yourself and the Integrity Institute and and what you're doing there and and what your your goals are. Word. Well, hello, audience. Uh, my name is Sahar Masachi. I was born in, <clears throat> excuse me, Israel, and uh, moved to Rochester, New York, when I was two years old because of war and violence in the Middle East. Uh, I spent um, all my childhood in, in Rochester and, and went back as an adult and lived there for a few few years. And um, so my parents were refugees from Iran when they were kids. And they went to the only country that would take them, uh, Israel. And when I was two years old, uh, sort of during the Gulf War, we were sort of half refugees, half you know, economic opportunity uh, reasons moved to the U.S. And uh, growing up, those two stories really instilled in me the sense of you might not care about the news, but the news cares about you. Um, But also, I was good at computers. And how do you do both computers and uh, caring about the world at the same time? It's pretty hard. Um, Mm. So... Uh, had a lot of adventures in my life, tried a lot of stuff, and uh, I ended up being in this weird place where I saw sort of the rebirth or the new birth of this whole set of uh, type of job called integrity work, which is uh, trying to keep people safe and manage social media platforms. And uh, in short, um, the world deserves access to that knowledge. And uh, the stuff that we learned, the stuff that people like that do is the sort of stuff that should both be transparent and accountable to the world, but also uh, the level of discussion and the sort of stuff we're talking about is so different than the things that people often talk about. Um, and that, and um, it's useful, vital, practical knowledge that the world deserves to hear as well. Does that make sense? 
It does make sense. And so so you're trying to, you know, again, talk about the ways in which, you know, the, the social media platforms develop these these systems of, of ethics and safety on those platforms, making sure that, that that process is transparent so people understand it. And you'd said that it's it's different from many of the ways that people understand it. Can you can you talk about some of those ways in which it's it's different than how people understand what the work you've done has been? Yeah. Um Gosh, how long do I have? Uh, so uh, I just had, uh, I've been working on this piece for over a year and um, kept polishing it, polishing it, looking for the right place to publish it. And it finally published. Um, it came out in the MIT Tech Review and it's called something like, if uh, social media is a city, how do we govern it? Something like that. Uh, shame on me for not remembering the exact title. Right. And then it's how to save our social media by treating it like a city. That sounds that right. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I pulled up. Don't worry, I, I come prepared to these interviews sometimes. <laughs> uh, and and the basic idea there is like, when people talk about how to do this kind of work, first of all, they think the work is centered around content moderation, right? And you might call these the content cops, uh, the people who manually look at a post or a, or a behavior and say like, this is bad. Facebook jail, you know, Twitter arrests, um, shadow banning, shadow moderation, whatever it is. Mm. Um, that's important, uh, but it really is like the last line of defense. It's not the first. Uh, and the first line of defense is, I mean, you can think about it like this. Like, why don't you see many ads for fake Ray-Bans on, or uh, spam about fake Ray-Bans on Facebook anymore? Um, the reason is there is a team that thinks about what is spam? How do you fight it? Uh, what does a fake account look like? And, you know, stops people from making billions of fake accounts like a day or something. It's like a ridiculous number. Um, so if you take a step beyond that, there are other teams like the team I was on that think about, well, like, what are the base rules of this whole system that we're creating? Um, and so uh, things like how many friends requests should you be able to send per day? Um, like even like Reddit has an upvote and a downvote system that um, has value and creates certain dynamics. And, and the question is, how do you set up the system in a way that the positive dynamics happen and that the negative dynamics happen less often? Um, and it's more shaping and like setting the structures for a healthy information ecosystem or a healthy sort of society or city rather than um, trying to solve the problem with like, you know, content moderators who are judge, jury, executioner, um, uh, uh, you know, giving people speeding tickets when there's no rules and there's no real like guidelines of if you're towing the line or if you're breaking Facebook law. Um, that's the kind of stuff that, that I'd rather talk about. And I think that people just sort of miss out on. Yeah. I mean, so, so it's interesting again, like, um, creating those as you kind of call them like more, more physical bears right if in a real city like you know you, you you can't do the same things in terms of like spreading a message around right like you are limited by your capacity to like literally hang up a poster or talk to people right mm -hmm. like so so on on a platform like social media though like you can clone yourself be in a million places at once and post a million times if there's no actual restriction against that and i know there 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 are systems that do some of that but being transparent about what those systems are is also important so people don't get frustrated too about like hey i'm just trying to post in a couple groups like uh with like an event that's happening and mm -hmm. i know like in 
people get shut down for that too. Like it, it happens in, in my party politics all the time. Cause like, all right, we got a statewide event and there's like 20 different groups that like need to know this message. And I'm going to go and post all of them at once. And then Facebook says, mm-hmm. Hey, we've banned you from posting in groups for you know 48 hours. You know, like, oh, what the heck? But, uh, but you know, I, it's it's interesting that you bring that up and, and talking about that rather than like just the the content because that that can feel really subjective to people right like and you're like why did why did this happen to me who made this decision and uh you know how does that how is that fair and and again I think you're right that's what most people think about like in terms of the work you do is like they see that on that end like I posted this thing and then Facebook said that I can't post anymore because of this thing right but that's not really mm-hmm. the bulk of what you do. Yeah, I mean, I never really, I don't remember ever working on that at all. Yeah, right. Um, well, and, the, 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 the bulk of like the, the kind of broad spectrum yeah. of what your profession is, right? Like it's not, it's not really mm-hmm. just about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember you asked me about what the Institute is. I didn't really answer that question. I don't know mm-hmm. if you want me to answer it now or later. Please do. Uh, so uh, you have these people. They have this... Um, new-ish, it's not actually new, but let's say it's new job, uh, where they have, on one hand, uh, a lot of power because they get to like work on these systems. On the other hand, very little power because their bosses keep stopping them from doing the right thing. And um, also access to this knowledge that the world desperately wants, which is, how do we even think about this? Like, how do you solve the problems, right? Like, we're we're society we don't even know what we want we want things to be better but we don't know how um and what we do is we we gather them from all the different companies and there's you know at this point tons of platforms and uh uh small ones big ones uh and get them talking to each other so the first thing we do is build that community uh the second thing we do is nurture and identify and grow the knowledge that this community has uh, into sort of a, um, you know, a new theory and practice. Uh, and we go from just like a bunch of people with opinions to, oh yeah, we all, we're on the same page on this. Um, or this well, is a fault line. I'm going to have to cut you off a little bit because yeah. we are heading out on break. But uh, when we come back, well, let's get more specific. Like, you know, what what sort of like work you're engaging with and like what, what sort of uh, like stuff you're putting out there. Again, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. We're going to be back in just a few minutes with Sahar from the Integrity Institute. Talk to you then. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. 
Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, we're talking with uh, Prince Sahar from the uh, Integrity Institute. And we're talking about uh, you know what, what the Institute does, what its goals are, and you know how do we make social media better. Not, it's not just content moderation. It's, it's a whole bunch of different stuff to make the social media experience better. And bringing transparency to that process is part of what you do. But the, sorry, let, well, let me not talk anymore. Sahar, t- tell us a little bit more about like what you what you guys are doing over there oh yeah so this is the the info dump part of the program so um Heck yeah uh integrity professionals are the people who deal with this all day who aren't trying to like squeeze more um engagement or profit or just like eyeballs out of social media but actually are given the opportunity to think about like how do we stop abuse how do we make things better we gather them into to a community um and have them actually meet each other and swap tips so project number one is build that community. Product number two is go from a collection of people with opinions to a body of knowledge. Um, like what is what is this new thing? What does it believe? What are the sort of emerging physics that we're all seeing on all different platforms, like a sort of universal physics? And uh, project number three is sharing that with the world. And the world, you know, sounds a little fuzzy, so let's be specific. It's uh, the companies themselves, especially small companies who don't have access to like uh, the ability to hire giant integrity teams and marinate them for years and data to like get this understanding. Uh, it's the big companies where, um, you know, we're also, you know, we can give them insights might not have or like help their office uh, maneuvering of like, hey, these outside experts said that this is the right thing to do. It's uh, nonprofits, it's journalists to help them do journalism better and like actually understand better what they're talking about and as policymakers. And again, we're not lobbyists. We don't really have any um, consensus goals as an institute of what policy we want to see, but we're, we're experts, you know, we're the, we're the like physicist who's there to say like, all right, you want to like regulate or understand this thing? Like, here's how it actually works. Let's like give you more understanding of the system that you are attempting to, to, to mess with. Um, and that's what we do uh and uh it's working really well right on well so so a couple questions that that process brings up right is is one uh so you'd start to talk about uh like what what i might consider trade-offs right like and again i i work in the the, the advertising side like most of my day job is like getting eyeballs from social media but i you know i'm not not opposed to like this type of stuff, right? Like if, if I get a whole bunch of like vanity metrics and social media um, and because it's filled with bots and, and because there's, there's people acting unethically on there, that doesn't really help me actually, you know, get a small business to be able to sell more of their product. Right. Uh, but, but can you talk a little bit more about those trade-offs and why it's important to keep that process separate? Uh, you said that people want more eyeballs, more engagement, more profits out of these social media uh, institutions versus like what, what you need to do and why, why, why is it important to have uh, a separate kind of, set of people advocating for uh, the integrity side? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Like, should they be separate, right? Like, should it be its own little fit, own department or should it be infused in everything the company does? I don't really know. Um, that's an interesting question of organizational design. I think that traditionally they have been sort of separated for a variety of reasons. And one thing that's given us is the ability to you know, say this is an emerging kind of job and build this identity. And I think that like being separate has hurt in a lot of ways, but it also has helped them 
helped us sort of like, again, like get enough critical mass to start having this as like a, a specialized form of knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think of it kind of like, uh, like security, like cybersecurity. There's a sense that like you want uh, in a company, the security people to have their own team so that they can worry about the really fancy stuff. But you also want them to talk to every part of the company and like make things secure by default, right? So use this programming language construct instead of a different like, construct because the first one is just like leads itself to security holes. Or um, we're going to uh, write, make these ro uh, programs that scan your code and tell you if it has vulnerabilities because you know it should be everyone's job to make secure code, not just ours. Um, you can imagine some sort of hybrid like that that would happen. Um, as for why, I guess what you're really asking though is why should companies care about this, right? That too. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, it's the right thing to do. Um, and uh, uh, it's important to say first, but it's important to move on to the, to the other right. answer. Yeah, no, that, that seems like it should be good enough, right? But, mm -hmm. you know, what, what are the other reasons? <laughs> uh, so, so TikTok's uh, value model leaked the other day. And their value model is, is sort of like a function that it's like a, what, when they decide which video to show you, what are the things they take into account? And um, the things they take into account are things that you might expect, like, would you watch it? Would you share it, right? And um, that comes from, have you watched and shared stuff from this creator previously, right? Like all the standard stuff that you would expect. Right, yeah. uh, but they also have this thing that's about like ecosystem value, as far as I understand. Um, and as, as I understand it, it's something like, I'm a little old, so I don't know who's cool these days, but let's pretend that Justin Bieber is still cool. Sure. You, you can imagine a world in which um, Justin Bieber posts on TikTok and he always goes to the top of everyone's feed because like, you know, he's so famous, people will definitely watch it, whatever. Um, but if this goes on for too long, then you're gonna stop making TikToks yourself because how can you compete with Justin Bieber? And all of a sudden it goes from a thriving community of creators to, you know, just like Justin Bieber and I don't know, Kim Kardashian or whoever making TikToks and everyone else enjoying them, that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's in the long-term interest of the company to sort of uh, bake into their design things that don't increase their short-term metrics, but will keep their them like long-term viable and healthy. And you can make a case for integrity work as that. It's the stuff that you do that is more long-term that stops your your platform from being overrun by fake accounts from being a place where people just like yell at each other um you know think of like the worst caricature of twitter of just like you know like uh just everyone just like aggressively i don't know canceling yelling at each other everyone's in bad faith whatever like mm -hmm. presumably you don't want that because that drives users away and this is how you sort of like nip that in the bud in the same way that like um, you're throwing a party and the reason that you like care about, I don't know, keeping these two people away from starting a fight or something is even though the fight makes the party really cool in the next like 10 minutes, like, you know, you're gonna, it's gonna ruin the party. 
Right. Yeah. Eventually that gets exhausting. People don't want to stay at the party anymore. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, cool. They watch the fight, but now they're like, all right, I'm done with this. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, that's a, that's a really interesting way to, 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 to do that. Right. It's not just about like, not just the short term thinking of like, Hey, like we can get all this engagement and like sell ads on this engagement now. Um, but like what happens when people get tired of that, either because you, you misprioritize like certain creators over others and don't give other creators a chance to thrive or because, you know, there's so much conflict on a platform or other, like, uh, frustrating behavior on the platform mm-hmm. that people don't want to stay you know, for the long term, right? And so what happens to your, your profitability, your success a few years down the line, which I know like Facebook and Instagram are, are already starting to get worried about because they're worried about younger users leaving the platform. And they're like, well, how do we, you know, do this other than copy TikTok right now? But, you know, how do, how do we like make sure that people mm-hmm. want to be here? And it's 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 like, um, so I particularly care about like the impact of society, right? And like, right, right. how does this um, destroy us? But also like, Look at plagiarism, right? If is a platform, let's say like a, a platform was really lax about pa- plagiarism and people just re-uploaded stuff from other platforms, it would give you this big, you know, it would give you content that was more likely to be viral for free, which is good in the short term. But it also, again, it means that like your indigenous creators of content are competing against like the best things that are scraped from Reddit or, or Twitter or whatever. And the indigenous creators of content just give up. And all of a sudden, again, you're like a ghost town. Like there's a lot of, um, like I really care about, you know, uh, the social, civic, and political fallout from doing this job badly or not yeah. allowing this job to happen. But also I think it's in the platform's best interests to um, not eat their seed corn. Right. I mean, so, well, like when, when you're talking with these platforms, you're talking with these teams, you know, both uh, the, the, the big, big folks and also like, you know, emerging social platforms, right? Like that's, that's an important part to consider, right? And again, why do we do this? Not just because like, it's good, you know, okay, maybe by your values, sir, but, you know, but also like, because it's, it's for their best health. And I, and I, I don't want to like ignore like the, the, the civic side, which I know is, is really important to you. Like uh, in the next like 90 seconds, you want to just talk about like some of those, those other challenges that you see on, on the social side? Yeah. I mean, just like, there's enough news coverage of it that you could like find out about this if you wanted to. Like, people in foreign countries are pretending to be American, uh, going to they're making pages that are pretend American and becoming the biggest pages on, let's say, Facebook, and then they're influencing American political movements and discussion from the inside. It's like, uh, like literal spies are like pretending to be us and like um, making us hate each other and like changing our opinions about things it's bad. And it's, yeah. you know, and, and it's not just the U S like there's like lynchings in, in India, there's like civil war in places that is arguably fueled by social media. Um, and, uh, it's getting worse. Right. And, you know, I, I, we don't have time to fully dive into it. You know, I do want to like poke back a little bit at like the, the Facebook pages thing. Cause mm-hmm. and, and we'll give you the break to think about this question. Yeah. Like, isn't that just speech, though? And, shouldn't, and why why shouldn't we let that go? Can't people decide for themselves whether or not that information is, is valuable and useful? And then where do you draw the line uh, where it's not and, and, and make the physical limitations where you have to uh, change that behavior? All right, again, thanks for joining us here on A Free Solution. We're going to be back in just a few minutes again uh, with Sahar from the Integrity Institute. Thanks again for joining us. Talk to you soon.
Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're joining us on WYSL, WACK out in Newark, or anywhere you're listening online, a free solution Facebook page, free solution YouTube channel, or the Kevin Wilson pages and the podcast too. Wherever you're listening today, thank you for being here. Love that you guys are listening to the show. And today, again, we're talking with Sahar, who is from the uh, Integrity Institute. And uh, yeah, we're, we're talking about uh, before the break, we're talking about like mm-hmm. the, uh, the you know, intelligence agencies or like the Russians who are going and creating like these Facebook pages. And, you know, like, I, you know, you'd see the stuff where I'd be like, you know, uh, Trump loves Jesus. And, you know, they're, and it, that sounds like an exaggeration. It's really not, but they would have like, God and the devil arm wrestling over whether or not Trump would win the election type of stuff. And then stuff like that would happen on the left too. So there's all these pages that would get super great engagement and they try to like make rallies and stuff, try to have like a, a real life impact on this. But you know, the, the question is, is, is that worth going after? Isn't that just speech in some way? Like why, <laughs> why should we be concerned with that sort of action just because foreigners are the ones doing it? Yeah. So I think, First of all, the examples that you're using are, you know, I think, from like 2016, and it's like gotten yeah. worse. Uh, so we'll get back to that. But also, when people ask this question, I think that typically the person answering it says something like, well, I love free speech, but X, Y, Z. And I'd like to say, I love free speech with some more context, period. And, uh, you know, not just like sort of hand wave it. So uh, I mean, in defense what's of that? Speech, what's that phrase like, you know, anything that comes before but is... Uh... BS. That's yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe you love free speech it. and uh, you know, <laughs> or it's like what is free speech and like why do we care about it, right? right? And I think like it's part of what makes this country great, and it's uh, our commitment to free speech is a little distinct among countries, and I think it's something that's like actually pretty radical and worth fighting for. So free speech is the idea is both a amendment in the constitution and also a broader idea about how one should conduct their lives and order their society that says that um, it is not good to allow people to say what they believe to be the truth and um, not uh, harm them or like, you know, arrest them or destroy them for speaking uh, because for many reasons, but one reason that's pertinent today is, you know, um, bear but the grace of God go I. And this is a way for us to 
be able to live in a society without um, attacking each other. And also it turns out that like a lot of speech that is unpopular turns out to be true. And um, uh, you know, the ACLU was founded by people who wanted free speech for people to found unions and were worried about like McCarthyism or like the proto-McCarthyism. Um, that's important to remember. Like, I think that free speech is um, a really important American value that we should celebrate and shore up uh, as opposed to sort of like make exceptions to. Um, and here is why what I'm talking about is I think the best way to approach this problem and also respect free speech. I think that um, a lot of conversations about how to deal with the internet, especially in the US, talk about, well, the free speech issue. And as a matter of law, I think it's rather murky, right? Like companies have the free speech ability to do whatever they want on their own platforms, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, but as I think as a matter of values, we have this sort of American idea that um, no one should get in the way of you frankly expressing what you want, right? right. And um, uh, the free speech of like the person is more important than the free speech of the corporation. Um, does that make sense so far? Yeah. And, you know, like this debate comes up to like, okay, so Facebook, they, they can technically kind of regulate some of their platforms or Twitter, whoever, right. You know, but as a cultural value, we still would say like, I, I should be able to say what I want. Right. And that doesn't totally free you from the consequences of that. And so like, like legally, even if, if these social media platforms can say, no, that's not allowed on our platform, a lot of people feel strongly that they should be able to do that anyway because we have the cultural value of free speech. And that even outside of government enforcement of that should still apply in, in, in social situations as well. Yeah. And so holding that in, in, the, in my hand, um, you currently do not have the free speech to be able to like text Mark Zuckerberg's phone you know, in the middle of the night, whenever you want, you don't have the ability to post on his wall. You know, you don't have the ability to like, I don't know, um, call up, uh, 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 like Kim Kardashian to use her name again. Um, uh, not because like the content of your speech is the problem, but because the way the system has been designed, right? Like the telephone system or the like Facebook wall system or like texting, um, you know, makes, makes some things hard and makes other things easy. And that's the only way that you could survive, right? Like mm -hmm. imagine throwing a thousand, to use a city metaphor again, like a thousand people or a million people in a high school gym, uh, and saying, all right, go at it, have a conversation. Uh, I mean, it would be terrible. That sounds like Twitter. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> It, like you, you wouldn't get anything out of it, but if you took the same number of people and put them in like, you know, classrooms of, of 20 people each, right. And have them have a conversation and maybe like have a, a, a report of their conversation that goes to a larger, you know, whatever, some sort of tiered structure. It doesn't really matter. Point is like, you can have better conversations that way because just the way that people, like you can't talk to a, a thousand people at once. Um, I mean, isn't there like a positive democratization effect of that? Like, like when Donald Trump was on Twitter, for instance, like we can speak directly to the president in a sense, right? Like in a way we didn't have access to before. And, and aren't there some benefits to that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think actually like Twitter is not a giant high school gymnasium of everyone talking to everyone else. 
Uh, I think it's more like just a lot of newsletters. Um, uh, but in any case, the point is like designs everywhere. No right. matter what, there's design, there's architecture. Um, and, and what I'm saying is uh, the design of a platform is where you make decisions about what is allowed and what is easy and what is not because it is agnostic of the speech and it's going to happen anyway. It has to happen. So you might as well do it in a way that is, um, you know, getting towards goals that you care about. And when it comes to Pakistani intelligence pretending to be, I don't know, Black Lives Matter, mm. um, uh, they are breaking the rules and sort of breaking the design of the system, right? The design of the system of, let's say, Facebook um, explicitly says you should not pretend to be someone you're not. Uh, you should not, um, you know, like abuse rules via spam. You should not um, do things like uh, rip off other people's work. Uh, and um, the problem isn't that they're saying X, Y, Z. The problem is that they are, it's not the, the speech that's the problem, it's the behavior. And the mm -hmm. behavior that's the problem is, you know, the lying and um, the um, breaking of the consensus rules for how we interact with each other, like civilized in this community. And if you did not have those rules, then um, you're just going to turn into like, you know, like the worst version of kids on a playground. Like, and we've all, you know, we've all by entering this establishment or by just interacting with each other in society, agreed to abide by certain rules like, you know, don't punch people in the face for no reason, or like, right. don't lie about your name and, uh, you know, age and background. Yeah, right. Uh, so so that makes sense to me. And that's, you know, a, a good way to put it, right? Like, it's it's not that they're saying anything that wouldn't necessarily be reflected elsewhere. But if they're, they're, they're spending a lot of resources building up this following in order to in misrepresenting who they are in that process, right? Like that, that kind of fraudulent misrepresentative behavior is something worth going after because it's it's having an influence that might not otherwise happen had they not misrepresented themselves yeah i, I think there's like it's it's harder on social media because speech is so close to behavior right. Uh, right when all you can do is post um but like you can't claim freedom of speech to get out of a contract right, right. you can't claim freedom of speech to um you know, get out of uh, sending a bomb threat or something, right? Or like extor extortion, right? right because yeah, if you're still because... committing crimes in that process. And, and, and you're, you're getting some good examples here, but unfortunately yeah. we're coming up on a break yeah. again. <laughs> All right, thanks again for joining us here on A Bridge Solution Game. That with uh, Sahar from the Integrity Institute. We're gonna be back with more in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe 
safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today, joined again by Fred Sahar from the Integrity Institute. And we're talking about, uh, you know, making social media better. We, we kind of started giving a whole bunch of examples of, of ways, you know, in which, like, you know, the difference between, like, speech and behavior. We talked about, uh, you know, so some of the bad actors that are out there, the whys of this. I want to talk a little bit more about the how. Again, like if you're treating uh, social media like a city, you're taking care of it. Uh, you know, Sahar, I, I want to know that you're not going to like Robert Moses our social media. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like, tell us again a, a little bit more about how how that ought to work and and how what some of these like rules that can be kind of speech agnostic, but but you know, a way of controlling bad behavior from bad actors. Yeah. And, and just to like preface, um, you know, I'm speaking for myself, I'm the executive director of the Integrity Institute, but like we have lots of members who believe lots of things. So everything I'm saying, you know, doesn't reflect them. It doesn't reflect the Institute. I'm like hanging with my buddy, shooting the shit, not making official pronouncements about what this nonprofit thinks. We're powered by our members. I can't do that even because we have a process and that process is not me mouthing off. Mm-hmm. Um, Putting that aside. Yes. Uh, so you ever see The Wire? Uh, no. It's, oh, I wish I had. Wow. I know. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just going to assume you did uh, for my own purposes. So like in The Wire, uh, part of the like argument there is you have all these cops arresting like teenagers for low-level drug crimes. Meanwhile, like the people who are actually in charge, you know, just are part of like integrating with high society. And, um, you know, they never touch drugs. They don't have to. They have people to do that. And so um, the conceit of the first season of the show is, you know, they finally are able to cobble together some policemen to police people to um, try and do a, like, targeted investigation of the entire operation as opposed to um, just, you know, arrest the children. Right. And, uh it goes into like, you know, the their bosses don't really want them to, and there's a lot of pressure to like show results rather than actually quickly, rather than actually solve the case. Um, and there's like, well, if you take out this one person, this one operation, another operational thing in this place, there's like, you know, it, it, even in using this metaphor, I'm like understanding the critiques in, in case in it. Uh, but part of what we want to see is more things like that and less things like, Judge Dredd, right? Or Robocop, like more resources to understand these like operations and these like gangs that are operating on social media and less just sort of like, uh, oh, you did a bad thing. I'm a barely paid, like badly paid worker on an assembly line. I like see the like one thing you said, give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, move on. Um, But uh, that's not going to really, that's not really going to like, address fix the system-wide problems and there's so much of that like how can you possibly like tackle like the bigger issues yeah so 
So I think part of it is like, there's that's that's sort of there's like the micro, the meso, and the macro layer. Wow, I'm sounding like an academic. You're hanging out with a professor for like a couple hours, all of a sudden you talk like them. Uh, <laughs> so in the slightly bigger picture, you can do things like if you want to make a new account, maybe it should be a little harder. Maybe uh, before you're able to use features that could be abused, like I don't know, retweeting or Facebook groups or being a moderator of a subreddit, whatever it is. Uh, you have to get some sort of amount of like karma, right? Like, um, like the the metaphor that I used in the original version of this article was, uh, you need to have a bar mitzvah, right? You need to have to go through some ritual of like declaration of like you are an adult and ready to make adult decisions. Because mm-hmm. um, right now, what you see is someone creates an account and within like ten minutes, creates a bunch of groups, invites people to those groups, starts pumping out propaganda, and just like the cost to do bad things is so low that people are very highly incentivized to do it. Um, another thing you can think about is, is like, a, I use the metaphor of speed bumps. So social media is the city of atomic supermen. People can clone themselves. They can disguise themselves perfectly. They can not just fly, they can teleport. Um, and this makes a lot of our existing intuitions about like what is right, what is effective, what are our social norms, just like a little, like they don't match. And they don't match enough that we're in this problem. So one thing that you could do is like update these norms. And we're going to do that. It's just going to take, I don't know, dozens of years. Um, and in the meantime, we need to sort of like turn down the dial on the superpowers that people have online. And um, turning down the dial could look like speed bumps, right? So um, maybe you can't post to too many groups in the same hour, especially right. if it's the same content. Maybe it's... Uh, you know, you can only send a tenth of the number of friend requests a day as you can now. And it's not like a punishment. And this is important. It's not you're doing something wrong and we are punishing you. It's this is a thing that is probably unsafe. And um, like, you know, speed bumps are actually really annoying, right? Um, but like, uh, uh, this is a thing that we're going to do because on the whole, it makes people a lot safer. And the thing that you're doing we're not saying that you're doing anything wrong. We're saying that there's a high likelihood that they can become abused um, if people don't like use it in moderation. Right. Um, and there's other stuff too, but those are sort of some of the flagship ideas in, in the piece. Right. You know, it, so, so, so I get that, right? Like the group thing, which I know Facebook already does have a feature. You do that because it annoys the heck out of my friends who want to post mm-hmm. in a hundred groups within an hour. But you know, that's, but I get like why you'd have that because that's a behavior that could be tied to something a lot more malicious or spammy. Um, and so it's interesting to do that. You know, the one, the one question, you know, I, I'd have about this stuff too, is like, if like, for or for instance, if, if you had creating new accounts, mm-hmm. um, you know, what would, would you recommend or, or like, what, what are like some thoughts in your industry about like tying that to like specific identities? Like, aren't there drawbacks to that and places where like tying your identity to an account that's like criticizing regime could be actually mm-hmm. dangerous. And so how do we address yeah. like those types of issues? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's a consensus. Uh, mm-hmm. I think for me, like part of the problem, the real like conceptual problem is that you're trying to solve for two very different problems at the same time. You're trying to right. solve for like Egypt or something where, uh, maybe you want to like be LGBT without being, you know, killed 
um, mm -hmm. and also you have a repressive dictatorial government. Uh, and so you want to like protect people from their government in that way. And then you have uh, problems in the world we live in here where I'd say like it's more um, the biggest the biggest sort of attacker is each other. And um, it's the uh, uh, the harassment, the like bullying, the like literal like uh, people being radicalized to becoming uh, domestic terrorists, um, stuff like that. Um, and it's the like foreign intelligence agencies sort of like puppeteering us all through um, this this uh, the means they do. So like, how do you solve for both at the same time? Is kind of hard. And I'd say that um, for me, I don't think that tying to real ID is a good idea because it can be so easily abused, and because it like, you know, the like, the like, te the like the the gay teenager problem is like real, right? Or the like government like the like dissident intellectual problem is real in many countries, and we can't like leave them behind. Yeah, no, I mean that's tough, and I know I. I, I that's one of the big challenges that you guys are, are probably going to be working on. Other people are mm -hmm. thinking about this. It's not going to be solved in, in an hour show, you know, I, but you think about like, okay, like anonymity can be a, a good thing and an appropriate thing uh, in certain situations. In other situations, I know like Facebook's made me give them all my stuff to be able to run ads, right? Because they're trying to solve mm -hmm. that other problem of like, we want to make sure that if someone's running ads and spending money to exert political influence that like we know who's actually doing it. And it's not like a foreign entity trying to like have outsized influence on the election, right? And I, yeah. I, although frustrating at times, I, I get why they're doing that. Um, but it, it, it's a tough challenge to solve. Um, so so we got I don't know, a couple minutes left. Uh, mm -hmm. like, what, what other points do you uh, want listeners to understand about like the work that you do and things going forward. I didn't even get to ask you much about the policy mm -hmm. stuff too. I know you said mm -hmm. you're not advocating a policy position, but I didn't uh, get to, to dive into that a bit, but. Yeah. Okay. So here's a few points I really want to make quickly. Yes. The first is these companies have a ton of power and people are right to fear them because uh, if they choose, they can really shape the way that we talk and think, even if they're not consciously doing it much right now. And there is a way to open up uh, like transparency into what they're up to that still respects their trade secrets and still respects people's privacy. We think we have some ideas that are really good on our website. Our website is integrityinstitute.org and uh, you want the resources tab. Um, uh, the other thing I wanna say was uh, these companies have incentive problems and the essential problem is um, they really want to maximize their core company metrics. And if you do anything to lower their company metrics, uh, even if you're successful, every other team in the company is going to try and reverse the changes you made to make those metrics go back up again. Um, and they'll do it unwittingly. They won't even know they're doing it, but that's part of what makes this work so hard. Um, and um, I don't know, those are the two really big points I wanna make. Right on. No, that's a good point. And, and, and interesting, you know, like the, the company metric side, right? It's, it's how do you change those? And then again, because these are private companies, it, profitability is, is part of that, right? You know, how do you change that without compromising like the integrity of the company itself? Um, you know, and that's the company's got to continue existing and where do those trade-offs start to make sense? Um, but no, this is, this has been super interesting. And, and I know I, I 
feel like both times I've taught, we've talked, like we've, we've run out of time to, to talk about all the things we want to talk about, but again, uh, sorry, real quick, uh, uh, where can people find you and, uh, in your work? Yeah. Um, our website is integrityinstitute.org and my personal website is sahar.io. So that's S-A-H-A-R.io. And again, our website is integrityinstitute.org. There you go. All right. Good plug. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, we'll be back another day. All right. Thanks again for joining us. Take care. Take care.